So hello guys welcome back to our YouTube channel and in today's podcast we will going to learn many things and it will be a very good podcast for you all because today in our podcast there is a guest and her name is uh, Rashmi ma'am and today we will talk to Rashmi ma'am about lots of things like law of attraction manifestation and lots of thing that we will learn today in our podcast so guys please uh, watch the podcast till the end and let's start today's podcast so uh, first of all welcome ma'am uh, welcome to our channel thank you chatan i uh, <laughs> it's lovely to connect with you actually chatan sir this is this really beautiful thing about indian language and people who are far removed you know we do say when i was growing up in gujarat we say ben chacha you know all of that we have that name at the end to respect you know so welcome rashmi ma'am to me seems like a very um <laughs> respectful word <laughs> having lived in the west for my for my life it's not something that they do around the name and that it's actually when you say it in a way it's humbling and i think that's one of the big things about my work is recognizing that no matter where you've been no matter what you've recognized you have to be humble to face yes. your journey in life you know um but i do feel a bit there's it, there's a there's a conflict between the part of me that wants to be humble and say don't call me ma'am just call me rashmi it's fine quality <laughs> <laughs> thing you know um so it, whichever way you choose i will be comfortable with it <laughs> okay, okay okay but in india uh, like uh, respecting to people like ma'am sir it's uh, it's common in india and we respect yeah. to each and every person in this world we respect to each and every person who is elder than us who is younger than us so it's an like uh, thing it's an culture in india <laughs> yes i grew up with that you see although i didn't grow up in india i grew up in africa because my parents are gujarati i grew up with that wow. from a very young age yeah well your parents are gujarati so uh, you have uh, come to india I have we most of our family left Gujarat many years ago so we don't really have family in Gujarat as such but I have lived and traveled in India I've lived in Goa for a couple of years traveled around Haridwar Mumbai wow. South India so yeah been and I do miss it do want to go back again but with covid and everything we haven't had much time to travel so okay yeah. okay so basically I am from Assam Assam India like northeast India wonderful and, uh, yeah so india is a great country like uh, uh, here we meet to someone then we touch their feet and we respect them so all these things is uh, indian culture and uh-huh. okay ma'am let's uh, go ahead to this podcast yeah. and know more about <laughs> you <laughs> like uh, uh, like i know everything about you like what you do and all those things but i want you to introduce yourself to our audience that uh, they want to know you more uh, clearly and they want to understand you okay uh, so i'm rashmi i came to this work very naturally since a child i was able to see what was going on for a person so i have this ability as an empath as a psychic um if i happen to talk to somebody or hear somebody's name i can tell you know what's happened for them in their lives but as a child of course you have to as you said in an indian culture you keep respect you don't speak out So sometimes the information if it was important would come through very quickly 
And of course, your family who want to show that you're a respectful child will tell you, no, you can't say things like that in public. You can't talk about that person's health. You don't know enough, you're a child. And so over time, I shut that part away. Um, it was in my late 20s that feeling got very, very strong in me. And there was a voice inside that just wanted to keep speaking. I was having very powerful dreams. Um, and inevitably, whatever came through in the dream came through. And I was working for a management consultancy firm who looked after small to medium sized enterprises. I was uh, one of their functioning managers. And uh, one day, we just finished a board meeting. I walked to the reception to finish off uh, the paperwork. People were talking away in the reception room and I broke away from them, walked up to the switchboard. And this was in the times before we had caller ID. I picked up the phone and answered with the person's name and the directors I was with started laughing. So I had to tell them to be quiet so I could finish the call. Finish the call, put the phone down and I said, I was trying to have a call there, but you made a lot of noise. And they said, yeah, but we were really, we're always impressed how you pick up the phone and answer with the person's name. And you always know what the answer is. We come into the office every day and on our desks, we've got files, we've got notes, the things we haven't asked for that's not in our diary. And you've got an answer for every file that you've put on our desk. How do you do it? How do you know who's going to call? How do you know what other calls are we going to get and what other information we need to send out? I had no idea I did that. I thought everybody did this. So this psychic knowing part of me has been with me all the time. But it wasn't until in my late 20s and early 30s that I realized that not everybody did the same thing. I thought everybody had the same capacity. Yeah. And um, from there, I went to work for some large banks <clears throat> doing investigative work and that sort of thing. And through that, more and more, that sense of knowing, you know, I started doing investigations for complaints, for frauds, but I'd always have an instinct, I'd always have an answer. And the feeling inside of me grew. So the psychic start, started growing up a bit more. <clears throat> and it was then that it became clear to me that the work I was doing was not the path that I was meant to be doing. I was here to help people heal. And to help people heal, I had to be open to my psychic path to be able to channel to people, to be able to guide people from difficult places, whether it's a difficult relationship, difficult health situation, difficult business. So it was being open to those kind of things but spirit started guiding me to do more and more of this work so in 96 97 i trained in reiki okay um, and i went through a difficult time at the time but i trained in reiki and i had been having sessions with my teacher for a number of months and <clears throat> when i did the reiki training i had some really powerful dreams and the person, because you train by working with another person, so the person I was working with, the sense I had was that this person had been strangled. Mm. And I couldn't keep my hands by her throat because I felt the powerful pain and everything else. I pulled away and I asked this lady, has anybody hurt you? And she said, no, no, nobody. But her voice was very small. She almost whispered. She didn't talk. She whispered. Okay, so you mm. could never hear. But her voice was very strong. Anyway, the, the weekend went on, we were training and more and more details about this lady's life was coming. Um, and on the last day, we did a group training healing on her. Um, and what happened was there was a past life connection between myself and this lady that had the throat. 
I won't go into the whole story, but we were lovers in Russia in the 18th century and something had gone wrong between us and I was the man at the time and I strangled this lady in a rage and the reason why our path had crossed was for me to get forgiveness from her, for me to let her go, to let her be free. So we did a healing on that and then I saw this energy from her, which was a crow, being liberated from her sacral. Um, and it, it wasn't just me, there was another lady who was also very psychic on the uh, training. And she saw the same thing. So first of all, I wouldn't talk because I've been taught, don't say things, do you see, don't say it. But the other lady was saying out loud everything I was seeing. So I would see the crow, she would say, I can feel a crow leaving the body and that sort of thing. So that was my first Reiki powerful vision. So ma'am, can you um, tell us what uh, Reiki is exactly? Because uh, there are I'm so many audience who don't okay. know about Reiki. Like I have also uh, done Reiki and uh, like it was uh, like I think four to four years ago, there was mm -hmm. a teacher in my school and the teacher mm -hmm. is a Reiki trainer. So okay. I went to the teacher and then I was small. I was like, I think uh, 16 or 15. So wow. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so then I go to the ma'am and the ma'am trained us about chakras and all those things. So I want you to elaborate Reiki to our audience. So Reiki is very similar in our uh, Sanskrit word is prana um, and it's life force. Okay, so we have pranic healing in the Indian culture. Reiki is almost a mirror of it, but Reiki's roots are in Japan. Um, and Reiki is universal life force. Ki is the life force, the prana that we talk about in Sanskrit and Hindi. And Reiki is the universal. So every, everything, whether it's a plant, an animal, the ground, a human being, uh, we all have the same universal life force that flows through us. The life force that flows through us is what um, Ayurvedic practitioners and acupuncturists will measure with the pulses. They put their fingers on different parts of your wrist or parts of the body, and they can feel the electric pulse. So what's pulsing is your Reiki life force, your pranic life force. Mm -hmm. And from the rhythm of that life force, they can tell which organ isn't working to its optimum. Mm -hmm. So a Reiki practitioner doesn't go to the same detail as uh, an Ayurvedic practitioner or a, a Chinese medicine practitioner. But by feeling, because they're attuned, they're attuned, and attunement is an energetic training and process that takes place, a ritual that takes place to open up your chakra, to open up your energy field, to connect to the universe. Okay. Um, we can get very deep, Chet, and so I can go, for, go on for hours. I was talking about Reiki, but in our Indian um, system, we have the word Om. Oh. And OM is the universal sound that resonates. It's the life force giving energy. The frequency yeah. is everything in the universe um, is attuned to that frequency. And the more you chant OM, the more you're actually elevating your life force, cleansing it and connecting back. It's like you're plugging into the huge mm -hmm. big electric force of the universe that keeps everything alive. Okay. So an, a Reiki attunement is somebody who is reconnected so anything any of their cables any of their cords that connect them to source that gets cleared when they get reiki attunement which Absolutely. awakens you to sense your energy ball and a reiki practitioner once they're attuned they can simply 
gauge by scanning the body or not even scanning the body they can just sense or see by the person's energy which part of their body needs help and they mm. by placing hands on that part of the body or even above the body or even sending reiki at a distance they can help you plug back into your energy force does that answer the question yeah. enough yeah perfect perfect <laughs> perfect <laughs> so uh, like uh, now our audience will know correctly like what is exactly reiki is and now yeah. ma'am we want to know from you that uh, as you said that you are from uh, gujarati family and then mm. you go to africa and like this your journey begins so i want to mm-hmm. know that uh, how did you start your journey and like uh, how did you came to like go from a gujarati family india to africa and now you are a like a law of attraction coach so how was mm-hmm. the journey because uh, how did you, how did all these things started i try to make it as simple as possible okay um for me so my family are originally my roots are gujarati but my parents uh, were married and settled in what was then rhodesia which became zambia and zimbabwe okay so oh. myself and my siblings we were all born in zambia then there were changes happening in zambia in like like there are at the moment you know there's a lot of wars and conflicts and things like that and it wasn't the safest place and the most healthy place to bring up a family so my parents um moved to uk so my siblings and i were educated in the uk now in the uk there was a lot of conflicts and um this is a little bit difficult and sometimes when you talk about it in asian communities it can be something people don't want to talk about My father was a very abusive man, a very violent man. And so it was very uncomfortable growing up in that house. We had a lot of control. Um so all of us between my sisters and myself we all had different de- degrees of trauma. Um I left home at the age of 18 because I couldn't cope with some of the stuff that was going on. I was lucky enough that a friend helped me leave home at 18. So I left home at 18 and my path um for the first sort of 8 10 years I had nothing to do with my family because they felt that somebody who could betray the family by walking out didn't belong in the family okay so my journey took me on a different path to most sort of indian people in that time I married I had my own experiences and you mentioned earlier that you know everybody will have problems and that kind of thing The the thing with life is when you live a situation you don't leave the problems behind because if you've been programmed into not feeling worthy if you've been programmed into not having a voice you carry your problems with you so the next few years in my life I would be a very typical indian person I would take two or three jobs I would be really exhausted I wouldn't be looking after myself um in my relationship although my partner was respectful at times he could get away with um doing what he wanted to do and it wasn't about me and I'd always had this hope that if I freed myself I could travel all over the world and my husband at the time was very much a home person he wanted to stay at home so we had conflicts you know he was respectful in many ways but he wanted to live his life that he was used to he didn't want to travel so we had those kind of conflicts um through the conflicts I was experiencing I was seeking something that would support me to help me see why I had such low self esteem why things were always going wrong for me um and then gradually I came to reiki hmm. and through reiki and because I said I was already having visions and while I was married 
I was being shown I had to leave that relationship. It wasn't going to be something that nurtured me. So it was a very difficult decision. But when I was 29, I left that relationship. And then my journey to spirit started very strongly there because I was more open at this point. So I went to Reiki. From Reiki, the Reiki teacher said to me, the visions you see when you come into the room are answers to the rest of my clients' problems. She said, you're a psychic and I see you standing on stage and talking to thousands of people and healing thousands of lives. I didn't believe her. But anyway, <laughs> I kept going for Reiki treatments. You then encouraged me to do the Reiki training. I did the Reiki training. I had to then start making some changes. Um, even though you're trained in Reiki and you're understanding that there is a different energy at work and your mind is controlling your self-worth, it's controlling how far you progress in business or in life, it takes hard work to change those patterns and the hard work we think we can do it somebody says you should change the way you think and you think, yeah, i'm going to do that but because your subconscious is 95% invisible and it's controlling your life 95% of the time you think consciously i'm making the changes but suddenly you sabotage mm -hmm. you know you're on a healthy diet you doing the course that you want to do, but your inner subconscious is saying you're not worthy, you haven't got the time, you've got other work to do. So you fall into patterns, you fall into the habituated way of living, which leaves you with your subconscious training, which is I'm not worthy, or I'm not good enough, or I'll never be good enough, or I'm not lovable, or I'll never be wealthy. So with each time you make an intention to change a habit or change a behavior, your subconscious clicks in to keep you in your comfort zone, which is actually your painful zone. Hmm. So coaching came to me because I was, people were talking about what I was doing, word of mouth, I was getting recommended to the point that I got invitations to work in LA. Um, it's one of the reasons why I went to Goa to live because people were talking about what I did. They wanted to meet, I mean, to meet customers. I've worked in Hong Kong, in Africa, in Australia, Sweden, um, and all, and Ireland is one of my big places that I work in. So it's word of mouth recommendations. People invite me there. I go there to see one or two people end up working with hundreds, which is fantastic. You know, until COVID, yeah. it was brilliant. I'm traveling. So um, the law of attraction is part of the fact that there are so many natural laws of the universe. One of them is being humble with self-pride. Okay. Like the natural law of gravity. Okay. Yeah. In certain cultures, and I believe in my family as well, we were taught not humble was made equal to humiliation. You humiliate yourself, you make yourself less than the other person. And that is a core self-belief of not being good enough. Hmm. So if you're trying to create an abundant life from being in a humiliated place, you've already told yourself and you've already told the universe, I'm not good enough. Okay, so what you're attracting, which is the magnetic force that you're living, the law of attraction, like the magnetic force of gravity, you're attracting to you more experiences of not being good enough. Yes. Okay. So That's coaching, true. fantastic. Coaching looks at where your belief system, where your thought processes, your actions and your habits are consistently, consistent, consistently reaffirming, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy. So a coach will be able to see that story in you, whereas you've been trying for ages with journaling, with meditation, you can't see it. But a coach will guide you step by step to say, ah, this is the thought, this is the behavior that's reaffirming the old story. Now let's change that jigsaw puzzle piece for the one that actually like, I am worthy. And that's how coaching came to me. So it was 
Spirit basically guided me to different people who had different challenges, including myself, and it was which jigsaw piece of the puzzle are you going to remove? And that, so for me, the spiritual and holistic coaching just became very much a path of what I was born to do. Having been born an empath, yeah. aware to the voices, the senses of the energy, the frequencies of nature, it was, well, all of that is great. I can sit in a field and talk to the flowers or the ants and everything else, but what use is it if I'm a human being trying to live survival? So when you're given the different steps by universe, okay, this is where you've got to change. This is what the answer is. Through that coaching, people I know have cured cancer. People I've worked with have cured Lyme disease. Um, people I've worked with have um, overcome mental uh, instability and also created their ideal relationships and created their ideal businesses. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So, That's amazing. Seriously. Like uh, yeah. law of attraction is uh, seriously a thing that uh, I also believe so much. Like from last two years, I am uh, like doing meditation and reading some books and talking to some people who are uh, in spirituality and they tell us many things. So uh, now I want to know from you, like there are so many viewers who are like watching this video. So how they can start their uh, like spiritual journey? Like uh, the first step is to start doing meditation. Like what I have learned is like uh, initially when you start meditating, first of all, you have to do only one thing that is you can just uh, do om chanting like yes. om om and you have to concentrate on the word you are speaking om and nothing else your mind should be totally blank and you have to uh, just uh, like i don't agree with you because that will be i i know what you're intending to say but yeah. this is where most people go wrong. If I'm here and I'm just concentrating on OM, you're going to create a struggle with your energy in your body. If there's okay. a push-pull in your body, you're going to be pulled into, I'm not good enough, I'm not doing it right. So mm. it's like, sometimes you're also told, meditate and just focus on your breath. Just see your breath going in and your breath going out. Mantras are very powerful. You know, we can have clean, I mean, you can just say clean instead of own because some people just feel much more tuned to that frequency. Each chakra has its own mantra that you can use. Some people do the mala with certain guru mantras that they have and that's fine. Yeah. But you cannot say that you won't have other thoughts because your mind, your subconscious mind we talked mm -hmm. about is a computer that's processing a million different things all at the same time. No. Like you might have seen me just now try to swipe away a fly. Part of me is saying, okay, I know there's a fly there, I'll ignore it. But my subconscious then starts creating a story. Oh my God, that fly will be on the camera. Oh my God, it's ir irritating me, it's tickling me. <laughs> so although I'm focusing on you, I can feel the fly. Yeah. And then my mind is creating a story. Now that story I can't squash. If I start battling with that story, I'm not going to be able to focus on you. Mm. So the automatic system in my body says, let me just brush the fly away. So I do that to try and get rid of the fly, but I know it's going to come back. So my subconscious is still very alert. Mm. Flies around. I can see it. I can feel yeah. it. Okay. Absolutely. So you're, you're there. So you're constantly fighting with your mind. So it's gently, this is what a lot of Buddhists and um, myself included, I feel it's like it's there. And build the resilience to the other thoughts. It's okay, I'm having that thought. How long can I 
practice not reacting to it. Breathe mm. and know that I'm safe. Breathe and come back to my own. Breathe and come back to my breath. Okay? Or even just sometimes people use affirmations. So it'd be thank you, thank you, thank you is an affirmation because yeah. sometimes the vibration of OM is too strong for somebody, especially if they're in trauma. Mm. Okay? So yeah. each sound, each letter has a vibration and frequency. Mm. And the vibration of that letter will be either resonant with your body where it's at or it's not. And if it's too powerful, then it's like you're churning up the ocean of emotions in your body. And a powerful frequency will make you face all your shadow stuff, which is what your subconscious is trying to hide. So yeah. OM can soothe, but OM in the wrong time and the wrong place can also create a volcano. So like initially, what should they do? What, uh, how can they start like doing meditation? I would say for the first um, time, and, and each person is different. Some people will achieve it straight away because they have a stronger um, conscious, okay? So it's play a game with your meditation, a game that you're going to like, you know, if you're playing Ludo with a friend or, or whatever, who's going to be too. So I'm going to welcome my friend who is my subconscious mind and say, let's try and see how long you and I can hold this. Like children mm. do when they go underwater, they say, how long can you hold breath? And they're playing a game with each other. So yeah. play a game with your subconscious. How long? Because I was watching the fly. I was saying to my mind, yes, I know the fly is there. I'm going to see how long I can tolerate it and resist it walking. So play a game with your subconscious mind. So you sit down, you make yourself comfortable, make sure there's no disturbances. The phone's turned off, the computer's off. You find a nice quiet place. Focus either with eyes open or eyes closed. Some people get scared with eyes closed, especially with trauma. But again, it's a game. How long can I have my eyes closed for? And just think, oh. But also be interested. What impact is the OM having on my body? Okay. Yeah. The vibration of the OM, this keeps the subconscious busy. If you say to the subconscious, let's get curious, which syllable of OM is having what impact on my body. The OM will have a different feeling in your throat. The mm will have a different feeling mm. in your heart. So be curious about it. Okay. Then when the thought comes up and you lose track, you smile at yourself. You smile at the subconscious and say, I know, I know you're getting worried. And you come back and say, come on, let's keep playing the game. Let's see how far we can get with it this time. So include the subconscious mind is like a child that needs to be distracted to get somewhere hmm. right if we try and repress it if we try and ignore it it's like a child that's constantly told i'll come back to you i'll come back to you and the child then gets urgent more urgent for their need so a meditation isn't about push the med push the, the disruptive child away it's include the child in the meditation hmm. okay yeah. which is why people like doing guarded visualizations guided stuff that they can do because the mind is then occupied guided mind is said okay visualize you're walking up a mountain so that the, the subconscious mind is going, okay i'm going to see over the mountain i'm going to look for the mountain because the child likes being curious to play the game with the subconscious include it in the meditation that's one thing the second yeah. thing is keeping a journal a journal isn't a self-critical thing but it's an awareness thing and it doesn't have to be a big long diary it can just be today what occupied my mind when i was trying to meditate was i haven't watered the plants just put that down sometimes in, in the journaling deeper things come up 
you know, oh my God, I had a flashback. I was rude to my boss. Um, I'm self-punishing because the thoughts are saying, your boss is going to catch you out. Your boss is going to sack you. Your boss is going to punish you. So <laughs> that will be to so journal that. Once you've got it out, then it's less problematic in the head. Yeah. Okay. So the right. journal is a way of talking to yourself and hearing your inner child. So mm. that's a good way of doing it. Um, some people do really well in nature so they can be walking and just observing nature and that again because you've distracted the subconscious mind you're saying i know i've got jobs to do but look at the grass look at the butterflies that's nature connection through meditation that's really mm. helpful too you may have yeah. heard about the Buddhist walking meditation and that it's just how is my foot touching the ground mm -hmm. yeah how is my body responding to the way the foot touches the ground that is including the subconscious in the meditation and bringing connection back to source. And that's much more planful. Absolutely, absolutely. Wonderful answer, ma'am. Wonderful answer. And I think uh, this answer will definitely uh, give a deep value to our viewers who are watching this video. And uh, yeah, it's seriously amazing. And uh, as you said about the journal, I also maintain the journal. Here it is. And I note all the things that is needed and uh, this is yeah uh, so i also practice all those things and seriously today i also learned many things from you like uh, the things you are telling that was seriously amazing so ma'am like uh, for doing anything in our life we need a mentor who help us who support us like uh, if you are not doing anything or if you are stuck in your comfort zone there should be one person who will hold your hand and like push you out from your comfort zone push you out from the depression you are in so always there should be a mentor in your life and uh, like i want to know that uh, who is your mentor like uh, who helped you to like uh, do all those things and who helped you to support you and it's interesting isn't it um i haven't got a fixed mentor but it's been the whole law of attraction thing no matter where i've ended up spirit has always helped me um right now i have and you know there's this whole thing again just on one level we're equally powerful you and i it's just that you might not be able to see what I'm seeing or haven't had the years of experience that I've had. So you might become my mentor because there might be something about you and your humbleness that I actually think, wow, that's so sweet. That's such a presence that I want to embody. So never close your mind off to this is the person that I should have. My family are very close to gurus. My family are very Hindu, very close to gurus. They follow a lot of gurus. From a very young age, my father was very dedicated to gurus and I've never really had the comfort with gurus that my family seemed to have. So I was always thinking I was a bad child because I didn't trust them. But my gurus became the invisible guides, God, source, whoever it is that gives me that voice that says move to this place or do this right now. So just an example, and people appear, wherever you are, people appear when you start trusting the guidance that's coming. So I was offered a contract in LA, Los Angeles years ago, um, signed up the contract, sent over the investment, everything else, and I went to LA to work. When I got there, the person had disappeared. The business that I was working for no longer existed. So I was on the streets with very little money, no work, I'm thinking, what am I gonna do, okay? Um, I did a bit of praying, and again, on a law of attraction, it was because I didn't fully believe that I needed to ask the right questions to this person. So I made a choice and trusted a person without asking the right question. 
So when I hadn't listened to my inner gut feeling about I need to question this person, I didn't get the results that I wanted. So that was the law of attraction learning in that one. But when I got to LA, first thing was panic. What do I do? I, you know, I need a job, I need a business, you know, I need something, what do I do? Um, and I was trying to make up my mind. I thought maybe I need to go back to the UK. You know, this isn't going to work. Walking down the street, I put a prayer out to source to God. I need to know where to go. I need to know what to do. I'm here and I'm ready for work. So it's, that's other thing as well in in uh, in our Indian culture. There is the word seva. As long as you're serving from seva, right, yeah. and you're honouring and you pray, I am here to serve. Then that guidance will come to you. Absolutely. So part of my prayer was, God, you've sent me here to serve people. Who am I here to serve? Show me where to go. So I found myself on a street in Topanga. It's an area in Los Angeles. And the thought came, go for a reading. Because I do psychic readings, now. go for a reading. And the first shop I thought, no, I don't like the feel of it. I walked in and I walked out, didn't like it. And I thought, my oh, God, I'm not sure what I'm doing. So I carried on walking. And the next thing I came to a new shop and it was called Into the Mystic. And it was beautiful, absolutely beautiful, Into the Mystic. So I went in there and asked if there was somebody who could do a reading for me. And there was one lady that day. I walked in and sat opposite her. And this lady said, oh, I hear you here for a reading. I said, yes, I really need to make a decision took her tarot cards out and she turned one card, she looked at me and she said, just wait here. And she went into the back and she spoke to the owner and brought the owner in. And the owner mm. said, she's told me if I don't hire you right now, she's going to quit. So I don't know what you've got, but can you come and work with her? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And, and this is it. So there is, I mean, one of my programs that I do for advanced law of attraction is the surrender program but people who are on the entry level i do everyday alchemy so everyday alchemy is how you how do you turn this lead that you've been given back into gold so you can use it and value it for what it is um, and this was everyday alchemy at that level it was okay i've been given this lead i don't know what to do with it i know i need guidance so that lady in the shop became my mentor while i was in la um so through that lady, I found a house to stay in. I worked in that business for a year and a half. I, you know, brought the business up because it was brand new business that only just opened. So I brought the business up um, and I had a great time in LA. I, you know, I had friends who supported me a lot through that. Every person, whether it's the person polishing the shoes on the street or the person who's filling the government forms can be a mentor, but you have to look at their energy. Yeah. You have to look at, right. does this person support me? Are they are they open to me? Are they somebody that, there's there's this thing sometimes that where we go for somebody and we think they're doing such amazing work and we're attracted to them because they have a fame to them and a status to them that we're attracted to. If we're just going for the status, that's not gonna give you the best mentor. So the okay. first thing I encourage people to do is develop the intuitive listening. Because right. if you're testing how you feel with this person, and if you follow through with how you feel with this person, then you'll know, is this a person that's a mentor for me? Or is this a person that is going to teach me another lesson? Mm, okay. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah. guys, like you have understood very things from this podcast. 
and if mm. you want to connect with uh, ma'am and you if you want to connect with ma'am in their linkedin profile or anywhere else i will share all the links in the description where you can connect with ma'am and uh, ma'am your like expl- explanation and your teaching skills are seriously amazing like uh, you have taught us so many things in such a easy and in a such a easy language like uh, we love that a lot and ma'am i will share all the links of yours and your programs in the description so that people can join the program or people can connect with you and they can also improve their life with the help of law of attraction spirituality manifestations and all those things so ma'am thank you so much that you have come to our session and it was a great session and thank you so much for giving your valuable time to us because uh, like seriously i have a great time with you <laughs> ketan i have had a great time with you as well it's a shame the time flew so quickly and i'm really humbled by the words you say i'm i keep thinking to myself i'm still a student so when you say you've taught us i'm thinking wow <laughs> <laughs> thank you it's been thank fantastic you, to be with you namaste thank Take you care. namaste bye bye bye